Welcome to the Knowledge Nuggets podcast hosted by John Ingram. And we're back. Hey, and we're back. John Ingram. I got a real treat for you guys today. So just to give you a a heads up, the lecture itself is going to be a little bit longer uh, than than we've had some pretty short ones here over the summer. Nice and short and sweet, some short ones. This will be a little bit longer, not much, but then it's going to be a nice treat, the gem of the week. You're going to love it. I'm telling you guys, you're going to love it. Florida Keys version of gem of the week. So let's go ahead with the slides, guys. All right, so yes, Knowledge Nuggets, episode number 10. Today's July 7, 2021. I'm your host, John Ingram. I have no disclosures on this lecture or any others. So what is uh, our motto here at Knowledge Nuggets? Spend a little time and expand your mind. Hence, we got the word nugget from. So this week's topic, how does protamine really neutralize heparin? Look into that. So the format, if you've never watched before, it's a different topic each, each session. Uh, hopefully, we're going to give you something you can take home with you. You can take a snapshot of a couple slides. And if you see this little golden nugget right here, come up on the screen right there in the corner. You'll know that's a take-home slide. And you can go to work tomorrow and be a better clinician and say, hey, this is what I've learned, and I can apply this to my case tomorrow, hopefully. It's a 12 to 15-minute hopefully high impactful segment. Then we have a two to three minute perfusion gem of the week surprise after that panel discussion and questions. And if you guys could ever want to email me any questions or comments or certainly suggestions for a future show, please email me at john.ingram at perfweb.us. So what is protamine? We're going to take a deep dive into this, uh, all, all this drug that we all know so much about or we think we do, right? You know, we recently so, had a protamine shortage. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, I don't think we've experienced it at our hospital, though. Um, so what is the definition? Protamines are small, arginine-rich nuclear proteins that replace histones late in the haploid phase of spermatogenesis and are believed essential for sperm condensation and DNA stabilization. Protamine was primarily isolated from salmon fish sperm, but is now increasingly produced through a recombinant biotechnology process. Protamine is available in a sulfate and chloride formulation and is used primarily to reverse heparin. Now let's look at some history. Pretty interesting on the history of this, guys. Back in 1868, Friedrich Meischer investigated the cell nucleus in which he identified a nitrogenous base that was bound to some nuclear material, material of rind salmon sperm heads. He named this substance protamine. Subsequent studies by Cosset and others, uh, as they were studying various histones and protamines later, identified these compounds as actually being proteins. Well, back uh, from the beginning of the 20th century, uh, it was revealed that adding protamine to whole blood prolonged the clotting time by interfering with the conversion of prothrombin to thrombin, and this demonstrated that protamine had an anticoagulant effect. Well, for the first half of the 20th century, protamine's primary use was in insulin's preparations to prolong the hypoglycemic action of insulin, such as in NPH insulin that you've all heard of. 
Protamine is still used in insulin today. NPH, in fact, stands for neutral protamine hagadorn. In 1969, protamine sulfate was approved by the FDA here in the United States. In the 70s, protamine replaced the original heparin reversal agent, which was called a drug called polybrine. That was what was used prior to the invention of protamine, um, for anybody who didn't know that. And it was used in cardiac surgery, and when studies began to reveal in the 70s that polybrine was causing a significant incidence of renal failure, that's when protamine basically replaced polybrine as the heparin reversal agent in cardiac surgery. So what are its main uses? Well, as you guys know, it's basically, it's the antidote for heparin or heparin overdose. It's used to reverse heparin during cardiac and other vascular surgeries. It's used to reverse unfractionated heparin in the setting of dialysis, invasive vascular procedures, acute ischemic strokes, well, there's other uses for it as well. It's used to partially reverse low molecular weight heparins, but the degree of reversal in this application is unclear, and this use has not been approved by the FDA, although people still use it for that. The smaller low molecular weight heparin frag fragments are more difficult to neutralize. It's also used in protein purification. In gene therapy, it's used to increase transduction rates of viral and non-viral mediated delivery mechanisms. So it does have some significant other uses. So look at the mechanism of action. And Joe, I know you love when we have a, uh, a golden nugget slide. So this is a I bit do. of information that you know, people can snapshot or screenshot. So the way it works, it's a strong base, it's a strong basic protein that binds with the acidic heparin, which is acidic, to produce a stable, inactive salt. The binding of protamine to heparin dissociates the antithrombin heparin complex, results in the recovery of the original antithrombin activity. So the great thing about this is that when heparin activates and, and, and turbocharges, so to speak, your antithrombin-3 over a thousand-fold increases its activity as an anticoagulant, when you give protamine it just simply undoes that bond, and the antithrombin-3 can resume its normal activity. So there's no loss or, 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 or um, cost of the antithrombin-3 involved with this, so it works extremely well. But protamine has two active sites. One of those active sites neutralizes heparin. However, the other active site exerts an anticoagulant effect. The salt, the combination of the protamine and heparin that forms, is inactive and has no, in and of itself, no anticoagulant property. Protamine has a rapid onset of action, neutralizes unfractionated heparin within five minutes, and protamine's half-life is approximately five to seven minutes. So what about giving this drug? What about the administration? To neutralize heparin, it's between one and one and a half milligrams of protamine to be injected for every 100 units of heparin in the circulation. Treatment for low molecular weight heparin is only about one milligram per protamine for 100 units of low molecular weight heparin. Now, studying comparing confusion rates of five, 15, and 30 minute periods showed decreased hemodynamic and coagulopathic complications are associated with slower infusion rates. That's very important there because 
And you've probably seen this, I'm sure, in your practice, where protamine was given more quickly in some places, much slower in other places. Nobody takes 30 minutes to give it. But in the studies that were done where they slowed it down to 30 minutes, the longer they slowed it down, the less the coagulopathic complications resulted. And the hemodynamic changes that people experienced were all less with a slower infusion rate. So also, continuing with this, the efficacy of protamine reversing the heparin can be assessed by measuring the PTT or performing a TE, a thromboelastogram test. ACT is not a good assessment of protamine dose. ACT does not accurately reflect the concentrations of residual heparin. Real quick, we're going to talk about this in a minute, a couple slides, but if you have an elevated ACT after you gave protamine, by that alone, you do not know if you have not given enough protamine and you still have circulating heparin, or you've given too much protamine and now you have an anticoagulation effect and your ACT is high. So ACT alone does not reflect if you have a concentration of residual heparin still circulating. In clinical trials, hemodynamic and arterial saturation changes decreased, those, those effects decreased with infusion via the ascending aorta versus a central venous line infusion, suggesting that this may be the preferred route of administration, meaning that they actually see improvements and people have less negative effects in their hemodynamic changes when the, when the protamine is given in the, in the aortic route versus a venous uh, line uh, administration. So what about dosing strategies? This is important for perfusionists here because we understand that um, how much we, we a lot of times determine and tell the anesthesiologist and then what to give, right, if you have an H, HMS machine or something. Protamine to heparin dosing ratio strategies vary among institutions and are subject largely to the local conventions at that particular institution. The dosing, the dosing ratio is either based on the initial heparin dose or it could be based on the total heparin dose that was given during the, during the case. The initial heparin dose with taking heparin consumption into account during the bypass. That's another strategy that people give the heparin, but they take into account that the heparin's being consumed, and that's very important. I think you should always do that, actually, but some people do not. So now looking at a couple of quick studies here, Despotis and his colleagues back in 1996 published in Anesthesia and Analgesia magazine, and Analgesia magazine, they studied a protamine to heparin dosing ratio of 0.8 for the total heparin dose administered, and they used 487 patients. They showed that a larger total protamine dose was independently associated with a higher risk of post-operative bleeding and resulted in higher blood transfusions. Um, Matsuki in 1998, and in a separate study, Meesters in 2015, they looked at protamine to heparin dosing of the ratios at 1.3 and above. And they have both reported, reported prolonged ACTs, abnormal viscoelastic clotting times, and impaired platelet function, impaired platelet aggregation. So now, protamine titration should be based on circulating heparin. This is a take-home slide also. Titration of protamine based on measured post bypass heparin concentrations may improve the accuracy of heparin neutralization and contribute to preserve patient hemostasis. 
Protamine titration is usually based on the measured heparin concentration, or some people can use anti-2A or anti-10A concentrations to assess that as well. Those are three ways you could assess your, your heparin concentration remaining. So here's a graph I want to show you guys. And if you look on the left, the left is uh, your bleeding complications. And if you look at the top, if you have underdosing of protamine, you're largely to have, going to have a higher bleeding complication. But when you give a protamine dose there in the blue that equals your circulating heparin, this is, of course, going to give you the less bleeding complications. And as you begin to give too much protamine and overdose the protamine, your bleeding complications rise, just like in that graph, because of those anticoagulant actions. So what are the anticoagulant properties of protamine? Well, they're largely attributed to decreasing the platelet function. They, it, it interferes with the function of the coagulation factors, and it also stimulates fibrinolysis. So this is what too much protamine will do. And, you know, protamine is doing this anyway, but it's binding up with all of that heparin. When you have excess circulating because you gave too much, now that excess is going to have these three effects and this is why you have an anticoagulation effect. So now this slide is going to show you that protamine has four things that it's doing. Okay, it's doing four different things. The first thing that it's doing, number one there, it's dissociating the antithrombin-3 heparin complex. That's what we want it to do. And therefore, it results in heparin neutralization. That's the good thing. But there's three bad things that are happening. It's activating platelets and reducing thrombin generation, which therefore is going to reduce platelet function. That's number one bad thing it's doing. Number two, it's reducing your thrombin generation. It also reduces factor five, seven, and eight, and therefore it's inhibiting your coagulation process. The third bad thing that it's doing is it reduces the clot strength and your thrombin generation and shortens your lysis time. So it's enhanced fibrinolysis, right? And so these are the three negatives that protamine is doing out of the one positive that we're giving it for. So what are the adverse effects of giving protamine? Well, the risk factors for an anaphylactic response, what we always think about when we think about protamine, uh, patients who take protamine-containing insulin, as I mentioned before, people who have allergies to fish or fish proteins, or men who've had a prior vasectomy are all at higher risk for, a, for an adverse an anaphylactic reaction to protamine. But the common reactions are hypotension, dyspnea, bradycardia, pulmonary hypertension, and of course, anaphylaxis. The serious anaphylactic reactions occurrence is somewhere between about 0.06 to about 1.5% uh, incidence uh, if you study most of the studies nowadays. That's about the number you'll see. But now there's some little known adverse effects that we hardly ever think about. And one of those is thrombocytopenia. Hmm. And Joe and Tammy, did you guys know that 30% of all patients have a thrombocytopenia effect that lasts 30 days after surgery? 30% no. no. of patients have a 30-day uh, impact of thrombocytopenia due to uh, protamine administration. Protamine also causes complement activation. Protamine is implemented in the cause of vasoplegia, it also decreases our ATP production, and it has a toxic effect on myocardial cells because it induces a level of myocardial injury, mitochondrial injury. I'm sorry. So here's my conclusion with all this, guys. This is my personal statement here. It's my wish that perfusionists 
would stop all suctions that drain into the bypass circuit immediately prior to the protamine administration. And I'd like to discuss that with you guys here afterwards about the techniques that you see out there. But you really, if you study the studies, you should not allow any protamine into your circuit at all. You can always have problems just waiting to happen. And this will, um, you know, avoid protamine uh, being introduced into the bypass circuit. As well as, we need to inform the cardiac surgeon and all the OR staff in the room to be vigilant for the uh, watch, uh, be on the watch for adverse reactions. And I also wish that the proper dosing and people would give a slow speed of infusion and appropriately follow those recommendations. Hmm. So now also, uh, we should have appropriate resources must be available to treat patients who experience these adverse effects. The appropriate laboratory tests should be followed during its administration. Clinicians need to seek feedback from other team members so that the interprofessional team actually functions as a team and not with everyone siloed into their own discipline. And I know, Joe, you have a, a soft spot for that uh, whole mindset when it comes to things like that in our field. These approaches will lead to proper protamine use and I believe better patient outcomes. So here we go. I think we're coming up with the gem of the week. And as you guys know, if you've never watched before, if you have, the gem of the week can be absolutely anything. could be a trivia question. It could be a, um, a tips on how to succeed in an interview or maybe even in a virtual interview. It could be a hot job topic that's out there, a hot job uh, offer that's out there. And I know, Joe, you've been successful in hiring some great people. It could be anything that we are going on in the perfusion news in the world of product recalls and some other interesting things. We could talk about something in uh, Perfusion Week, something interesting that's happened there. We could take a famous quote, which we did one week, and expand upon the meaning of some profound quote. Or it could be just some exciting new Perfusion meeting that's coming up, like Joe has his New Orleans conference. So this week's episode, Gem of the Week, is the case of the laid-back Florida Keys crocodile. The case of the laid-back Florida Keys crocodile in August, 2000, uh, August 11, 2018, and the Miami Herald newspaper reported that there was a surreal scene that was snapped by local Keys resident Victor Perez, who couldn't believe what he was seeing in the canal behind his house. He quotes, I'm on my balcony, and all of a sudden, I see this pool noodle, and there's a crocodile swimming on top of it. Perez told the Miami Herald newspaper. And there you have a Key West crocodile who has somehow got himself a swimming pool noodle. And that is an actual picture. That's not photoshopped or anything. This really happened. Uh, swimming down the canal, right in the, perfectly centered on a, on a swimming pool noodle. So Perez was, was a big hit on social media with his post. The crocodile looked like any typical Florida tourist, he said. While it remains unclear what pool is now missing one of its toys, but crocodiles are known to be clever, wily creatures that have been at the center of all kinds of unusual incidences, especially when they encounter human development. So there you go, guys. I think we're concluding this, uh, this week's episode. If anybody has any comments, questions, suggestions for a future topic uh, for an upcoming show, please email me at john.ingram at perfweb.us. And uh, thank you so much, panel discussion this week. 
protamine and also the case of the laid-back Florida Keys crocodile. Thank you guys for listening. Great. Great. Excellent. That was Very great. Good. Great. Oh, you got to turn your volume down. Or what do we have to do? Or do we have to turn it? What, what's wrong? We're getting feedback. Hold on. Okay. Can you hear it? Can hear it? I can hear myself back from his. There I'll you go. I'll turn my volume down. Wait, I think that fixed it. Yeah, we got it. We got okay. it fixed. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And we yeah. need to still be able to hear you, though. Can you hear us? I hear you guys good. We're good. Good. Okay. So a couple of questions, and I need you to go back on some slides. Um, so could you bring John's slides back up? Because we're going to need them. Um, so go back one. Go back another. Go back another. Yeah. So I just need to confirm, is this a crocodile or is this an alligator? I didn't know. Well, that's a very good question because I had originally wrote this up as a Florida alligator, which are much more common than crocodiles. But I don't know if you can see it, but if you look to the very, uh, where his nose is. His nose right. is long. It's very thin and long. So yeah. he is a crocodile. crocodile. Yes, yeah. this is a croc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... Right how do you not know how to recognize a crocodile and an alligator? Well, I wasn't sure. It could be that was his tail. I can't really tell. He's swimming that direction. Well, yeah, yeah that's true. Towards Maybe the right of the reverse. Screen, right? <laughs> Maybe it was in reverse. Okay, so can you go back a few more, like another slide? Okay, now we have that settled. Uh, another slide. Just keep going back to his conclusion. Go ahead, back. Yeah, we got to get through the gym. It's back yeah. in the presentation. Uh, First conclusion <laughs> slide, that one, right? Yeah. Is that it? Um, no, one more. Right there. Perfect. Okay, so my question is, is these little known adverse effects, thrombocytopenia, complement, vasoplegia, decreased ATP, and toxic effect, is this if you give protamine on its own? own you give too much of it but if you give the exact let's just hypothetically say the exact right amount contemporaneous or secondary to the amount of actual circulating heparin you have and there is no leftover do you still have these little known uh adverse effects that could happen very very much decreased they would be very much decreased, but you still could have and do have some slight amount of this because remember, by its nature, protamine is automatically doing four things on that one slide that I showed you. It goes into the system and it's doing what we, what we give it for. It's um, you know, causing the uh, uh, unbinding of heparin to antithrombin-3 and then binding with the heparin to, perform a, a, to form a neutral salt. But while it's doing that, and in the process of doing that, it's also hitting these three negative things of causing, well, you know. Well, go to that slide. Go yeah. back, go back again. So, Remember, it's hold on a second. Let's just get that slide One up. good slide. I mean, Keep one going. good effect to three bad effects. Yeah. One is. Go, uh, go back. Uh, it's go the, another, it's just, the graphic that has the, go, uh, mm -hmm. where he circled all the different things. Yes. There you go. Yeah. So go ahead, John. That's that's good. That'll be good uh, visual representation yeah, for the so, audience. Um, you see there I put number in green is the number one, which means that's good. That's go. 
That's what we're hoping to do. But the other three that it's doing simultaneously are things we don't think about, but it's having these effects. Now, you know, most of the time, um, we probably don't notice this too much, but certainly this is another big reason to not overdose your patients at all with protamine because now it doesn't have anything other to do than these negative things because it's already bound up all the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the heparin, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's mm -hmm. left to swim around the circulation doing these other negative things. So this is why, I don't know if you've ever seen, I'm sure you have, protamine anticoagulation due to protamine. I've seen it many times. I have, because, yes, yeah, I have yeah. seen it, absolutely. But, and it's brutal. It's brutal because you, 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 it's, you get, you're, you're, you're very little to, you can good. do it. You can There's take nothing it down. you can do to, 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 you have to wait it out and you have to give tons of blood products. And why are you having to give these blood products? Well, because the platelets aren't functioning, you have to give platelets. FFP because you've disrupted the coagulation factors. And now you have fibrinolysis, so you may have to give product. So if you really give a, an overdose of protamine, you're going to see bleeding, um, you know, you're going to remember that case for a long time, I can tell you that. You know what I, I find interesting is, John, I'm sure you've heard this before, um, where, you know, anesthesia, let's say, is calculating the, the protamine dose, and, and the surgeon says, uh, how much protamine are you going to give? And they say whatever they say, and he says, oh, yeah, and he says, oh, only give 300. I don't want to clot off my graphs. Have you heard that? Yes. That doesn't make any it sense. It makes zero sense. But have you heard that before, John? Well, because protamine is not a pro-coagulant. Right. Right. Imagination. Right. If it were, if it were, then I guess that statement would make sense. But I can tell you in my first uh, five years of practice, I was at an institution that was very unusual. We had a, we had a laboratory, a satellite lab inside the OR. Back in those days, I think you guys have seen this where you, you took so long to send it to the main lab, that a lot of busy yes. OR, cardiac OR, would have a satellite lab mm -hmm. right there in the OR. So it was really literally down the hall. You get your results, they come back, they hand it to you, you know, and the lab person would come in and out and, and, and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So we had that, and it was a pretty um, political thing where the, the person running that lab had really power over, the, over their domain. They really had intimidated just about everybody, the surgeons, anesthesiologists, to stay out, I know what I'm doing, and was very unaccepted to uh, comments or criticism. So people just left her alone. Let's just put it that way. So we we would have bleeding problems all the time on a regular cases, tremendous bleeding problems. And I sat there for the longest time, years this went on, scratching my head. I said, this doesn't make any sense. And finally, I got to know her well enough to where I went in and talked with her. And I just asked her, because what we would do is, she would come in and tell us the protamine dose. Oh. She would tell us what the protamine dose was. And eventually I started asking questions, and it turns out that the protamine dose was way too high. And what, she, what was going on was we had, uh, you know, our initial pro, a heparin dose, you know, whatever it was, 35,000 or something, and another, you know, 10,000 or so in the pump. And what she would do is use that amount and never account for any metabolism of the heparin. And we usually had, you know, pretty long bypass runs. Our surgeons weren't very fast. And use that entire amount and multiply that times 1.5 yeah. to yeah. get the protamine dose. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. was almost double or triple, probably, the yes. protamine dose. And we would have bleeding, and nobody could understand what it was. It was amazing that nobody asked questions, but eventually 
the years I was there, I finally started asking questions. And I, and I finally realized that this was because we had lost all control over monitoring what the protamine dose should be. We just blanket took her word for it that she somehow knew. And really, it was just a blind calculation. There was no heparin concentration level detecting or HMS or any of that back then. Well, well you know, she, was, she was doing the same thing those surgeons were doing, you know, just right. assuming that, you know, in her case, she wanted to give extra to make sure you didn't bleed. Right. Where the surgeon that, you know, I've heard that in the past, wanted to not give too much because they didn't want their grass clotted off, right. but they didn't really understand what the, the nature of protamine right. itself. Unless they thought that it was going to, normalizing the ACT too early or normalizing the coagulation. So the surgeon may have been thinking, I don't want the patient's coagulation to be completely normal mm -hmm. yet until my graphs have a chance to mature or something. But none of that makes any sense. Who knows what Well, and the heparin's going to wear think. off right. anyway. <laughs> right. But I think that goes back full circle to what I was saying earlier, that as far as we've come, we still do things so bloody rudimentarily as opposed and unsophisticated. Well, don't, don't you think part of that is because this is a this is a new science still, you know, this, this is it is it I mean compared to a lot of other things it is six, almost 60 years. Mm -hmm. uh, do we have HEPCON? We do not have HEPCON at any of our You got to speak up. You got a microphone. Here, when I hear that big booming perfusion voice. That surgeon, I know what I'm talking about voice. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, but no, we don't have HEPCON at any of our facilities. In fact, it's been a long time since I've been in a facility that used Well, I don't Hepcon. think it's a very good device. I don't. I think it was. Well, a, this it, is before Siemens. So it was the only device that did that, right? Even Siemens. I think TAG is really the best or TAG or, or what's that? Rotem, I guess. Rotem. Is the, the competitor to it, but I think, you know, that, that, that that's probably a much more, again, a much more sophisticated, you Absolutely. know, HEPCON worked at the time, yeah. but, you know, my, my way of thinking is if I've given, if the heparin dose, initial heparin dose was 30,000 and I've given 10, that's 40,000. And I know there's some blood left over in the pump when it's all said and done. Some of it went to the cell saver. You got a 90-minute half-life on the heparin. Um, you know, what was the heparin effect? I mean, there's so many variables involved. But if the calculated protamine dose, let's say at 1.3, or you just did one-to-one. -one, oh, just was one. 40, was, 45, was uh, 450 milligrams of protamine. I would say, because metabolism is going to continue to take effect, I would maybe do two-thirds of that if I were calculating the protamine dose when I was at places where they would ask us. Mm -hmm. There were even places I used to work where we would mix up the protamine in a bag because no one else in the room was allowed to have it because they had had an incident at one point. In yeah, time. everybody's heard about those and incidents. The incidents, right. The incident, right. Yeah. Um, where you know what the incident is? The incident is somebody giving protamine while you were still on pump. Yeah. That's, and, that's, that's. And, and somebody was anesthesia. Yeah. The outcome. <laughs> Everything is anesthesia's fault. No, that's another thing you need to understand. That's not true. It's but true. In my if it incident, rains it was. on your wedding day, 
It's anesthesia's fault. Just remember but that. But it's not anesthesia's fault if you're coming off bypass and you don't notice they haven't started ventilating. Yeah. That's but true. That's your fault, too. Yeah. But you notice it in the pulse ox pretty quick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But and that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, so, that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, Scary. There's, uh, there's many in OR where protamine is absolutely banned to being allowed to be in the room until it's asked for. Well, and John, I'll give you one more. You know, we, we work at some places where they do what you talked about, um, where you give protamine in the aortic root to hopefully avoid some of these problems. And, um, the first pass theory. Yeah, the, yeah, first pass theory. Um, and it's drawn up in a syringe and, you know, what else do we drop in syringes on surgical, not us, but what else is drawn up in syringes on surgical fields for use in bypass surgery? A lot of times it's cardioplegia, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've you seen see. that. I've Whoa. seen that happen. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, graft mm -hmm. clotted off pretty quick. Because of cardioplegia? No, because... Oh, they gave protamine instead of cardioplegia. Ah, okay. During gotcha. the surgery, right? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad one. Yeah. But, you know, getting back to that surgery you were talking about, you know, you come, you come off pump, you know, and you, you uh, give the, you, you decannulate, you get the venous out, you give the protamine, and they see any continued bleeding at all. And the first words out of their mouth. Give some more protamine. Yeah, well, let's give a little more protamine. That may be the absolute worst thing to do. And almost always it's, now, if that patient had gotten like a 900 dose of Plavix before we took them to the operating room, we know there's going to be, when I got those cases, dude, I would just say get six FFP thawed, get four, you know, jumbo packs of platelets, and get, you know, about four or five units, four or six units of pack cells. Just do like almost an, an MTP, a mass transfusion protocol. Just have it all in here because we're going to need it. Because right. there's, no, there's no way to reverse that. Or do, do a tag before with mm. platelet mapping. And yeah, you know we didn't have tag. No, exactly. Just get everything. Well, that's the thing. When you don't have tag, when you don't have these sophisticated tools, you just, you shotgun it. That's what you do. And we did it. You know, I can't tell you how many times I come. I would add all of it to the pump, coming off bypass, infuse it through the pump to get it into the patient, and then come off, give the protamine, and pray. Because they would bleed so bad, you couldn't get the products in before you had bled all the products out, yeah. and you could never get control of. What them. was that one that that? That drug that was around for a little while that they were calling Super Plavix. Yeah, I don't remember that one. But, but yeah, Super Plavix. Yeah. John, do you remember what I'm talking about? Maybe about mm -hmm. 10 I years heard. ago, 15 I years ago? Yeah. Anyway, it was some amped up version of Plavix. And we had a patient like that. They had been given that, uh, had a, a cath procedure, went bad, emergent bypass. And no matter how many products we got in them, they couldn't stop bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Does it. They expired. We couldn't. Yes, yeah, you know. that happens. But exactly. So sometimes they're bleeding. It's almost always, unless those circumstances, it's almost always prolinemia. Yeah. 
But let's just give a little more pro. Give a little more pro to me, and we'll just wait here. Well, well how about just in that? How about just wait a minute? Wait. A, oh, put a stitch in. in that, um, put a stitch in. Don't sit there, and you don't want to admit that your suture line wasn't any good. Admit it. Take responsibility for it, and put a suture in. But they won't. They won't. They'll stand there. It's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Not our surgeons, though. Mm -hmm. Ours are great. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, very good. Well, great you know, talk, John. Thank you. That was wonderful. That was. In the example where I said my, my first job, which, which, by the way, that hospital has long since closed. So, But anyway, um, what I think happened here over the years was that they were giving borderline enough, maybe a little too much protamine, and so they were getting away with it, but then all of a sudden they'd have this bleeding problem, and the first thing that the surgeons or somebody criticized this lab tech for was, we need to give more protamine, we're not giving enough protamine. So she upped her little calculation. Yeah. And then it would happen again, and she upped her calculation. So lo and behold, when I come and I get hired, they've been doing this already for 10 or 15 years. Now it's already way over here. Yeah. And I think it was she's a not 1.1, she's 1.5 or 1.6 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, started off at 1 or 1.3, and now it's 1.5, and then she added more for the pump prime and whatever else. And we're now, you know, way over here, and nobody knows what to do anymore. So they just kind of dealt with it every day. It was really unbelievable how much bleeding we would have. And it was always, looking back, it was always from an overdose of protamine. It had to mm -hmm. be. So, John, I'm going to go. This has been a great show. Uh, did you have any additional comments? I'm going to go grab a couple of things um, right here. So if you would please discuss, because we're going to go to the Tamis, Tammy Sparacino Journal Club Casino wheel spin. John okay. says it better than you. <laughs> Say it, John. Tammy Sparacino's Journal Club Casino. See? There you go. It's okay. So good. Very good. <laughs> okay. Finally, somebody on earth can do one thing better than me. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Hey, Joe, Joe, you know, we're going to get you a T-shirt. We're going to get you a T-shirt that says, I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. Exactly. That's my <laughs> exactly. perfect thing. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Okay. We'll go get a couple of things. So would you please talk about your buddy with all of this and sort of give a little preview for everybody while I go get these props because we're spinning the wheel for our introductory, our guests, uh, 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 our guests' uh, inaugural participation in the program Ramsha. So I'm going to go get a couple of things. So talk about your friend. Yeah, so, um, well, I want to talk about one thing real quick. Um, well, my, my friend Alan Klima oh, is the yeah, one who the came box. up with all these products that sent to Joe, pretty much doing it complimentary. Uh, he is working Thanks. on a website at some point, but really just wants to contribute something to the field to have fun and to make some lively uh, shirts and hats and stuff for people. And they're, they're a pretty big hit. Wherever he goes, people ask him for them. And um, really didn't even endeavor to try to make any money off it. I think he's just having fun with it. But he does a bang-up job. What's and he's willing coffee? to do custom stuff for people, too, by the way. He's I'm willing, excited, John. An idea, yeah, if you have I, an idea or you want something, he has a way of just making it up for you somehow. And uh, I haven't seen any of this yet. Because remember, I haven't been here the last oh, two journal clubs. No, yeah, yeah. so I'm excited. Sweatshirts, T-shirts. Uh, surgical caps, uh, bandana, uh, 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 baseball caps, four or five different colors and styles even. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and we have our purple cup. I don't know if you can see all of these things. Okay. So we have 
Okay, yeah, you're in the way, I think. I'm sorry. Here, let me stand on this. You side. might. The, I think the t-shirts might be too yeah. low. Here, yeah. yeah you got to pull them up by your computer, Joe. Hang them up so, by your computer. Here, I'll just do it right here. I'll do it over here by Rancho. There so we go. T-shirts. Yeah, is that great or what? Yeah. Yeah. Hats. We give your heart a rest. Do you yeah. see that? Perfweb cup. We have surgical caps and one that's black oh, yeah. over there. Yep, yep. You can see it. Okay, good. So now we have the wheel. Okay, so we need uh, to share Tammy, screen, right? We need, it's already shared, so it should be up. Let David uh, pull mm -hmm. it up for us. So this is the highlight of our day. Yeah. All right. So this so is for Ramsha. This is for Ramsha. So. Tammy is going to, well, should she spin it or do you spin it? Uh, hey. Who spins it? Well, she Definitely. has to spin it. So, Tammy, who spins it? Ramsha. 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 Okay. Okay. So. Here we go. All right. So, this is for your winnings. So, you Watch spin. out because there's some ones you don't want. Yeah. So, let's see like what you're going to So, hit spin. No. Yeah, spin right, right there. there. All right. Here we go. Where's the sound effects? There we go. Oh, come on, stop there. Oh, she got extra. You got extra call. Yes. Ramsha on her inaugural day wins extra call. All right, we're going to give you another chance. We're going to let you spin it again, Ramsha. Spin it again. Okay, you get to pick whichever color you want. You've got blue. You have um, you have uh, camo. Uh, camo. There's uh, uh, here. Look, there's there's blue and white. There's uh, I think that's there's green. There's there's there there's green. Which would you like? Blue. Okay, so blue. let's put it on and get a good picture of Ramsha. Let's all get together with Ramsha here. And get John in there. You oh, go, John in there. Now this makes you a real. This now you're a real perfusionist, Ramsha. I want you to go in and do that ECMO. I want you to check out that ECMO patient with that ball cap on. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Good job. All right. So um, our next program is. Does anybody know when it is? It's the first Wednesday of the month. No, I think there's one before that. Oh, what, your next program? Yeah, hold on, here it comes. It is on uh, July 22nd, and it's use of polypropylene oh. and uh, polymethylpentene or PMP fibers for ECMO oxygenators. Yeah, that's the talk you didn't get to give. Yes, I have not gotten a chance to give that talk yet. So. Okay. That's going to be Thursday, July 22nd. That's an afternoon uh, Starting program. at 2.45 p.m., yep, afternoon. And then our next uh, uh, VUMC faculty forum is Wednesday, August 4th. And that topic is going to be, uh, we're probably going to go and do the one we missed today, AlphaStat and PH. I'll have to get with Matt and talk to him about that. Before I forget, let's please wish Matt well, he's going to be fine. He's, you know, he's not, 
He isn't going on ECMO anytime soon, but he sounded really poor Matt. And he was gonna he was going to go through he was gonna do it today. He was still going to do it. Um, but uh, you know what? Yes, I would. Come here, Magic. Come here. Come here, man. Come here. Be careful. I would make you do it. Come here. No, Go stand next to Tammy. You know what I'm going to say? He's going to talk about gonna your hair. Paul, Magic, this is, here's our here's our producer, and he just got back. Our technical, no, David, you're the producer, right? Okay, Magic is the, te- you're the, what are you? The technical, technical director. That's it. Technical, technical director. director. So, I don't know if you can zoom in on Magic or not, but... Magic just got back from Poland. He went to Poland to go get his teeth worked on because it was cheaper and he had air miles. But he got his hair cut while he was in Poland. I bought him this one. <laughs> Much better. Much better. So for those of you out there that watch our program and participate, and thank you for the comments, by the way. We appreciate that so very much. I want to thank everybody. And uh, we will see you on the 22nd with our next program. Ramsha, excellent work. Very good. Looking forward to your, looking forward to you having a long career. You need, if you see me, make sure you take good care of me. I will. Tammy Sparacino, thank you again. It was an excellent journal club. Mm-hmm. John Ingram, you're always fantastic. Enjoy Key West. Thank you for taking time out of your day and vacation to participate. And all of you for watching our program. We will see you all again soon. Thank you very much. Peace out. Bye-bye.